Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak. I am here, as always, with Puya Ricey. We are recording this on a Wednesday in the city of Vancouver. Now, we have got something I want to talk about real quick. Not NFL. Commissioner Adam Silver for the National Basketball Association said this week that there's three cities that they're looking to expand to. Montreal and Vancouver are both on that list. Thoughts? Go. Because I know this is a- was Mexico City. Mexico City is one of them as well. Yeah. The only reason why I have no kind of interest in this is because Vancouver was a failed experiment already. I feel like they are not going to be a front runner to try again in Vancouver. I'm sure, yes, they're considering it because they had a team, but I just feel like it wouldn't be their leading candidate with a city like Mexico City. Mexico City could support the team for sure. It's 30 million people in Mexico. Like They won't have an attendance problem. I think it's just the logistics of having to go to Mexico and how that all works out with, you know, um, the payrolls and just all the situations there, right? It's more foreign. It's more foreign than going to, uh, to Canada, Canada and Mex, uh, us cultures are a little closer than us and Mexican cultures. I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but they could support the team better than Vancouver. Vancouver is a very fickle city, Montreal. I don't know where they stand on basketball. I know they've lost the expos, but maybe that just left a gap where another sports team could fill. You right. Know, the Canadians, the Canadians are supported very well, win or lose. So maybe they're less fickle than Vancouver fans who only support a winning franchise. It's also more of a dense population in the city of Montreal than Vancouver. Vancouver's downtown area is only yeah. like 700,000. Montreal is well over a million. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, if, if the team's like marketed well and, the problem with Vancouver is they got to be successful. You look look at the Vancouver Whitecaps. They were one of the best best events in Vancouver to go to, the MLS soccer team, because it had a great atmosphere. And then the team started doing poorly, and it just became a terrible atmosphere. Yeah, the Canucks, going. the Canucks have never been a great, never been a great atmosphere in Vancouver, because a lot of times when there's another rival Canadian team in there, there's just as many as their fans as there is Canucks fans, if not more. But they can sell out the place when they're doing well. When they're not doing well, I don't well, know how the they struggle the Celsius. As of recent, they have, yeah. Um, and that was the problem with Grizzlies. The that was the problem with the Vancouver Grizzlies was that their team was never good, so people didn't care to go. Yeah, and there's a, back then. There's a, I've got beef with there's a, a documentary on the Grizzlies, um, and how like the owner did them wrong and everybody did them wrong, um, but the person making it was a diehard Grizzlies fan. Took no onus, onus, no responsibility onus. to the fans not going to the games. If I was an owner and I had a team that no one showed up for, I don't know if I'd expect, like, I don't know if I'd stay in the city either. I know that I have to put a product out there that's good, but I mean, the, the, yeah, you could argue the, he didn't, but also no it, one, that's the thing. Again, the I think thing it about stems, it, it stems from the, for the Grizzlies. It was bad management, 
Like, you know, they picked up Ron Francis, or sorry, Steve Francis, Steve Francis. when um, he outright said, I'm not going to play for you. That drops his trade value. You're not going to get much for him because they know you have a player who's not going to play for you. There's a lot of bad management decisions. Brian Reeves. So it didn't Michael add to Olicande. the interest. Yeah, it didn't add to the interest for the fans to go when the management was still learning how to run a professional team. Yeah. But there's a whole conspiracy out there that the owner never wanted a team in Vancouver. His only way to get a team was the Canadian expansion, Toronto and Vancouver. And then tank so it. He had to go th- yeah, he had to go through Vancouver to get a team and move it to US market. Does he still own the team that's in Memphis now? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to yeah, I have check. to look that up. So there is also uh, let's talk about the Steve Francis thing because then don't worry, people, we're gonna get into football. This it'll be a great it'll be a good segue. You'll understand it. Um, because you also said in Mexico City, you're not sure how the border's gonna work, the pay is gonna work, the taxes will work. That was a big thing with um, the NBA still is. There's a lot of players, free agents that don't want to go play in Toronto because they don't like going through customs. They don't like having to, every time they want to go home, go through like a, an hour process of uh, claiming new things or uh, like, I think Chris Bosch was famous for saying like, I, I'd have to take my chains off every single time I wanted to go through the airport. It's like, that's a weird thing to get hung up on when you're an athlete making millions, millions and millions of dollars about where you want to live. I can understand it. And Steve Francis not wanting to go to Vancouver was a huge thing. Would And players going to Mexico was going to be another thing too. So now this is where the segue to the NFL comes in because we just had our last game in Europe. The Colts-Patriots, terrible football game. The worst. Um, fans were still good. Fans will turn, turn, still turn up. Um, but is the NFL serious in about expanding their product into the Europe market, would that work? There's a million reasons I can think of why it wouldn't work. So one thing I saw recently is they've actually bolstered their uh, player development in Europe. Okay. Uh, in England, they have uh, they have like kind of like a facility where they follow the same way as um, European club football, like soccer, where they develop players from a young age through their academy system and they train football and then they can transfer over to U S colleges and stuff and play. And it's already in effect. And they're trying to strengthen that, get more uh, European athletes going through this system than coming to the U S so they can be products, you know, feeding into the NFL system. Yeah. So it starts there where you start developing actual talent in Europe and then you can create more of a following of people like just being around the game. They want their own teams out there, right? So maybe we're not there yet to actually have a team in Europe. But once you start having European players getting into the league, more European players, then yeah, you'll set up a team there. And then, you know, you'll have a European division even almost. I think you'd have maybe you have to have a start with a minor league. You know, like a lower league, but you have like a professional football league in Europe. And then I think you'd have to, yes, yes. I think you'd have to have a professional team, like a professional, sorry, league in Europe that is not associated with the NFL, maybe owned by the NFL or funneled into the NFL. But I have a very hard time believing that the football players in the States that come out of the college, high school, college, um, would want to even think about playing in Europe long-term. A lot of the people that are in the system of the the system in the United States of football is you play high school, 
you go to a high school that's in your state that is more if you're a good player you get recruited you move they'd have different ways to get you to play for certain coaches certain teams based on where you want to be and how good you are and how successful you're going to be and it's very much a family oriented um type of person that is in football i think there's a lot of religion in football there's a lot of yeah. like brotherhood but, and family in football and I have a hard time believing any of these players are going to stay close to their families, stay close to their friends. There's already a problem with that happening in football where you see a guy get in trouble every once in a while. And you wonder like, is this it's because he keeps the same friends he had growing up. I don't believe that any of these players are going to want to go across the seas and live across the ocean and live there long-term when some of these guys don't even want to leave like Baltimore. Right. But look at it from another point of view. Would you rather have a CFL salary playing in the Canadian Football League when you were just on the cusp of making it to the NFL, but you just didn't? Or be in the NFL in Europe? Uh, that's a great that point. NFL, making that NFL paycheck being in Europe, which is a much better paycheck. That No, see, that's a great point. So the, I understand what you're saying. Once you're in the league, once you're in the league, you know, you make a name for yourself. You're a, a player that's sticking around in the league. Sure, you might want to try and jump ship to an American city rather than being in a European city. But yeah, I'm, I mean, if like... they're offering NFL paychecks in a European city, there's a lot of players who will take that NFL paycheck over not being in the NFL. I agree with you. That doesn't necessarily get you the top talent. But do you think... Uh, do you think at all they would get top talent over it'd take like 30 years for them to want to get or be able to get top talent? Like I'm thinking immediately guys like Matthew Stafford, who's had a high school sweetheart and then they went through college together. They got married very much at roots with like Georgia where they're from. And remember all these guys are like alma mater people, like whatever college they go to, that's like the, the Holy grail. Um, and yeah. like, you think, let's think about Deandre Hopkins, whose mother is blind, never been able to see him play football. She's at every game, and I'm assuming that they have a like, like, want to be with each other at all times. Do these like would the Staffords and the Hopkins want to leave the United States, which is all they know? It's such a, I want to say, I don't want to say prideful, um, but it's a very patriotic country. It's tough to no, believe. I know that. what you're saying, and I get you. If they have the choice, no, absolutely not. But if the choice is, that's what I'm saying, they won't recruit the top talent because when the decision is in the player's hands, if the player has the control, no, he's going to want to play in the U.S. But if the power is in the league's hands and the team's hands, like, listen, there's openings in Europe. If there's openings for an NFL job, there's a lot of people applying. Like Kaepernick? Would he be like sure. the ultimate guy right now that'd be like, hey, you do want to play. We know you want to play. Go play and play be I think the leader and the main done. guy he's too, in too Germany. Too far removed. I know. I'm he, just thinking, like, playing. top of my head, yeah. most like in the most recent example. Sure. Like, let's say, let's say now. But again, that's not the other side of the argument. Is it's not good for the game when you're not getting the top level talent. Exactly. You're just getting whoever's willing. But let's look at uh, NBA as a comparative. The players coming out of Europe, in some ways, are more advanced. Yeah, than the players coming they've out of grown the, the game. They've changed the game the way it was originally played in like the 90s. Yeah. So that's another thing that they're kind of, they can push for in Europe as well, right? But they don't stay if in they, Europe. They haven't created a league in Europe. 
that is able to compete with the NBA. And the NBA hasn't expanded into Europe. And you think that they, because there's already a culture of basketball in Europe where there's great Hall of Fame players coming out of the out of Europe. No, because but, the NBA doesn't need to have a league in Europe. They do have like NBA, like global, they do have global like leagues and stuff, don't they? Like NBA Africa and they do have some things. Sure, but they don't, why but haven't, they're, they're already, Europe, like has they're more of, Europe has a ton of professional basketball leagues. Yeah, but there's it no seems professional like football leagues in Europe the same way. I so the that, NBA but... could be on the ground floor and start those professional football leagues in. So the NFL could be the first one to start those professional football leagues in Europe. Sure, but what you're you're kind of proving my point for me is that if the NBA, who's already far in advance in having those leagues, isn't talking about expanding their league globally in Europe, like starting teams that for the NBA, like an NBA division in Europe, they're already let's say 15 to 20 years ahead of the NFL in developing talent there. So wouldn't the NFL look at that and be like, listen, it's not working for the NBA who've already been established in Europe, who have Hall of Fame players coming out of Europe. There's no chance it's going to work in the NFL. No, because the NBA doesn't need to start the leagues in Europe because leagues already exist. They'd just be starting uh, competing leagues. The NFL doesn't have any leagues to draw from in Europe they'd have to start the first ones. So is the NFL going to Europe? The system in Europe works to send quality players from Europe to the NBA. They've proven that the system works, that the athletic talent is there. The NFL just needs to tap into that market and start the leagues so that these players can develop and then move to the NFL. So what the NFL If there was rival leagues in in Europe for football, they wouldn't need to do it. But because none of those leagues exist, every country in Europe has basketball leagues. Basketball is big in Europe. But here's here's the question for you, because I don't seem to follow what your argument is. My argument is it seems like the NFL wants to start an NFL competitive in their league where the, it seems like the North American division and the Europe division will win or meet in a super, super bowl. Yeah. But you're saying they just want to develop talent there so that they can bring more talent to the NFL in America. I'm saying the first step in that, in my opinion, is that you have to start some sort of leagues in Europe where you. But the NBA has done that. Semi pro. Sorry. But the NBA NBA has done that. They're already getting people to play basketball in leagues that are in basketball that are popular, but they have yet to even talk about expanding to having like Germany or London or like Frankfurt or London have a team. They just yeah, want it because... for the talent. They just want to bring more talent worldwide to the NBA in North America. Right. What I'm saying is the NBA doesn't need to build leagues in Europe to get more talent because leagues already exist. But, but now I'm not they saying... just be creating. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let me finish. They just be creating a competing league against themselves. Sorry, against the established leagues. There's no guarantee that starting a minor league there. I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying minor league. I'm, saying, I'm, saying, major, I'm saying, saying NBA league. I'm saying... NBA league. NBA league. Why is the NBA? Not saying we want a team in London, we want a team in Germany, we want a team in France or like Paris um, or Italy so that we can have a European NBA, a National Basketball Association that is directly affiliated with the North American NBA so that we have one global product. They aren't doing that. You're saying that there's already leagues there and they would just be creating a competing league. I'm saying the NFL has talked about wanting to have an NFL in Europe. But how is that going to work if that. the NBA can't make it happen? Let me finish, though. You just you keep, you just keep, walk, you keep talking in circles. No. You, you're talking about nothing. No, 
No, say it then. but because to support to support NFL teams in Europe, you need to have a better culture of players who want to play in Europe. Now, if you have leagues in Europe, you will have American players going to those leagues in Europe as well. You'll develop a culture in those leagues that will sustain the teams that are full NFL level in Europe. That's why you need to have those teams first. Just because the NBA hasn't done that, maybe that's not their business model. That's not what they're after. I've never heard the NBA talk about having a European conference, but I have heard the NFL talk about it. So this is one of their goals. The way I think you'd have to do that is to have some sort of semi-pro or pro leagues in Europe for American football. They don't have any. No country has any, as far as I know. Maybe there are some in like Germany or uh, the... um or England or something. But if they set up those leagues, amateur, semi-pro, whatever, then they can create a better culture of players wanting to play in Europe and then eventually lead to having NFL teams in Europe. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, but what my point, my point is you're, what you're saying then your argument is that the NBA doesn't want to do that. I haven't heard them ever say they want to do that. So they're just developing talent so that they can get more talent in the NBA. Yeah, they're just trying to feed the NBA global talent. That was seemed to be their goal. They developed like NBA Africa. They developed NBA programs in other parts of the world, just lower leagues to feed, to feed the NBA talent. Europe, they didn't need to do so as much because there's tons of pro leagues in Europe. So they don't want to expand then. I haven't heard them ever say saying. they want to expand. Yeah. Because I That's agree it. with you that the NFL has to start. They're bringing games over there so that they can have European, um, like European kids want to play football, NFL style football, or else there's yeah. there's there is no shot because you're not going to get the Matthew Staffords. You're not going to get um, guys that love their like alma mater universities and want to have to be able to go to those games on Saturdays before their pro games on Sundays. You won't get that. They will not want to go to Europe. You will get them saying, like Steve Francis did, like I'm not coming over, I'm not going to a different country to play this game. So it's not going to work. That's what my my whole takeaway from this is. It won't work. No, and I agree with that it'll be tough. But if you have American players going to the, you know, the CFL equivalent of the European league, culturally it'll start to have players. Hey, you can play in Canada, you can play in Europe. There's other options in the NFL. And over time, as you have it's normalized going to Europe to play American football. It won't be so awkward, right? Right now, you ask him, well, it's going to take, no right? take 100 years to make that happen. Maybe not 100 years, but 100 yeah, years. it's not. It's going to take time. Like It's not just going to overnight change the culture. Well, you have the CFL, you have the XFL, you have the USFL, all here that are taking players that don't make the NFL. I mean, you're already got three other competing leagues that'll take away talent from people that want to go to Europe. Sure. But if they're not affiliated with the NFL, people can look at, hey, this league is affiliated with the NFL. I know XFL has some affiliations now. But if you have this league that is owned by the NFL, who's not to say that they won't have priority in scouting looking at the European league, which is associated with the NFL. Teams can almost have like a farm team system. If the NFL owns the league, they might have priority and preference to take those players into the NFL as opposed to other leagues. So basically, they'd they'd have to be a farm team system for guys that aren't going to make the NFL that still want to play football with a chance to better themselves in the NFL. I think that's a good way to start their system until they can actually support NFL teams in Europe. I agree with that. Can we move on now? Because you've just nonstop talked about the how the NFL and the NBA, all this whole program so far. 
I think we're done. <laughs> Is that our show? Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about Buffalo because they got Monday Night Football. Quarter, Monday yeah. Night Football. Which we, it was going to be a horrible game. Like, uh, well, we thought it was going to be a horrible game because we thought Buffalo would just destroy Denver. That's why I thought this would be a bad game. Did not happen. So, before we get into the actual game, I got a question for you. Was that game entertaining? It was a bad game. It was sloppy. A lot of turnovers. Not great football. But yes, that's an it, entertaining game. It was For the fa- fact of a spectacle. The like, first play was. I kind of like those games. First play when was it's a your turnover. team. When it's your team, yeah, it's when nightmare. it's your team, it's 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 devastating. It's just crushing watching yeah. your team just have a bad game like that. But when you're a neutral fan watching, I kind of enjoy those games. I didn't mind it either, and the way it ended was perfect for like just it don't if you do not care about these two teams it was a decent spectacle it's a high event football game is what it was it might not have been good football but it was a high event football game because you had two good storylines denver that can never put it together and then buffalo which seems to be falling apart like on prime time it's denver's on a three-game win streak are they not they are they are on a three-game win streak they (laughs) denver's a funny team to me like i yeah, I don't know. But how do you have 12 guys? Whoever didn't count the guys on the field for that last field goal, um, if anyone didn't know what happened, the Buffalo Bills, Denver ran onto the field with like rushing to get a kickoff before time ended to win the game, missed the field goal. Buffalo Bills had 12 guys on defense. You're only allowed 11, if anyone doesn't know that. The guy who's supposed to count them on the field is directly responsible for the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, being fired the next day. They win that game instead of lose it like that. I don't think the offensive coordinator gets fired. Yeah, so I don't know what happened there. But what about the play before that? The pass interference to actually get them in the field goal range. That was a bad was throw. That a, was that pass interference? I, I don't know anymore. Yes, it was, <laughs> but it didn't seem like the ball was catchable. Yeah, it, it was uh, severely underthrown. It was a very bad pass. He just threw it up and it did not go as far as he thought. So I think it was Jerry Judy turned around to try to catch it. And the Buffalo Bill player just he, all he has to do is get his head around and make a play on the ball. Though it was pass interference, but I hate those pass interferences where the ball's underthrown. Yeah, this is easy. It's an easy call. But hey, that's that. That's not why the Buffalo Bills lost this game. They lost this game because of twelve men on the field. Well, they one. lost the game because one. they just couldn't stop. The receivers are garbage. Uh, yeah, Stefan. How many see? bad plays do their receivers have? They well, they had like three or four big time drops, like third down drops. Hit them right in the hands, and they just dropped the ball. Very yeah. bad. Um, did um, you see? Did you see Stefan Diggs' brother after the game? His tweets on an X. Oh, he's got to go. Yeah, yeah. Get him out of Buffalo. I, I. How do you feel if you were the owner or the coach of the Cowboys? And all of a sudden, your team lost three games in a row, and you started to see him get a little frustrated. Would you not think that he'd be thinking the same thing about himself trying to get out of Dallas? Because that's where I first thought. I was like, if he's saying this about his brother, what you have to believe that if things started going south in Dallas, he would think the same thing about himself. Yeah, I could see that. The the only other side of that is that we've seen Stefan Diggs being pretty visibly upset with what's going on a few times. Yeah. Now I don't know the situation there, but 
does he have that kind of commitment to the team or is he ready to go? Because as soon as a player is not committed, I think it's time to go, right? Because you're never going to get everything out of it. But his play still speaks for itself. He's still doing his part. Yeah, he's, he's still not losing the games. He's still a top 10 wide receiver. I yeah, don't think he'll he be. He won't makes be in catches. Buffalo. He still gets yards after the catch. He's still doing well. He won't be in Buffalo next year, though. I don't think so. I think he sees that this team has kind of hit the wall and they're regressing. Is oh, it coaching? They're... Is it Allen? Is it, you know? I think they have to go back to letting Josh Allen be Josh Allen. Like he's a guy that can make plays. They're trying to make him an X's and O's guy, I think, this year, but he should be allowed to be under center and be like, let's kind of do a play a little more backyard football instead of like yeah. stand on a shotgun, throw, you make two reads and you throw it. Like it yeah, looks like Joey the ball and <laughs> it, well, what good does that do if your receivers are just going to blow it? Yeah, but you can run like you can let them run a little bit, loosen them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's... Or like just feed Stefan Diggs the ball more because we saw the Raiders after they fired their head coach. The next two games, just give the ball to Devontae. Make sure he's happy because he is our best player on the field. Stefan Diggs is probably the best player on the field in Buffalo. Get him in the ball, yeah. in space, see what he can do, and then start using the defense to kind of lean towards Stefan Diggs, double cover him, opens up something else. Like It seems very, very easy, but we're also just fans that don't know anything. Yeah, That division still up for grabs, eh? I was just going like, to say. I'm Miami is at... ahead, but... Miami six and three, Buffalo five and five. The Jets four and five. Still technically not out yet. The Buffalo Bills have a very hard schedule coming up. Like they just lost the Broncos. They have the Jets this week. That's a big game for that division. I think Buffalo wins. I don't think the Jets. Didn't the Jets? Do Jets won. Jets beat them last time. Didn't they? I know. That's Open why I think. Season. That's why I think. And it was in Buffalo. I think the Jets beat them. No, it was this is. But that, Aaron, this is the to home be game. fair, Aaron Rodgers started that game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, after the Jets, they play the Eagles. So you got to think that's a loss. Then they play the Chiefs. You have to think that's a loss. Then they play the Cowboys. So you have to think that's a loss. Um, and then Chargers up in the air. Patriots, they probably win that game, even though they lost to them already. And then they got the Dolphins to finish the season. Like there's four easy losses left on the schedule that puts them yeah. that they'll be eight and nine, eight and nine at the end of the year. Okay. What about the Jets? What's the Jets schedule to coincide with your Aaron Rodgers conspiracy? I it is. I'm what's, sticking with we, we got an Aaron Rodgers uh, expected timeline. He's got a date where he thinks he could be back by. So they got the Bills this week. Then they got the Dolphins. Which they could potentially win. Yeah. Then they got the Dolphins. Not a guaranteed loss. Same with the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins are hit or miss. They play bad against good teams and good against bad teams. Uh, the Jets are kind of a middling team, so we don't know. But then they got the Falcons. They can win that. And they got the Texans, who that's a tough win now after we've seen what C.J. Stroud, who's MVP candidate. Then they play the Dolphins again, then Commanders, Browns, and Patriots. So one, two, three, let's say four, and then we'll give them one. of the, They got five wins, I think, left on the schedule. That puts them at nine wins on the year. So nine and eight, where the Bills will be eight and nine. And... Okay. If they get Aaron Rodgers back, who said next week he's going to be back with the team for full meetings, like full team atmosphere next week, starting next Thursday. He said Thanksgiving, said it yesterday. He could be back. He could be back. Let's say, what did, what was the timeline that you heard? He said in December, he's 
saying there's potential he could come back to play in December. So then, yeah, then then Falcons they win with or without him. Texans they win with him. Dolphins they could win with him. Commanders they win with or without him. Browns. That's a tough game. Depends on where the Browns are going to be. Deshaun Watson's out rest of the year. Did you see that surgery? Yeah, you Shoulder told me surgery uh, rest of the year. That's probably a good thing for the owner of the Browns. Because now he can just put the rest of that salary on insurance. Right? Yeah. So he's not actually losing the money that was guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. He can claim insurance on that now. Is 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 that a conspiracy there that he's not actually injured and he just, you know, he doesn't want to play. Well, he said he wanted here's the thing is he said he wanted to play. Deshaun Watson said, I will play, just give me the cortisone shots or Terrasol, whatever it is. I will play through the pain. I can do that. But the coaching staff and the management said, no, 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 no. We need you to have the surgery. So you're, that could be a conspiracy, actually, is that they said, no, you're not you're not playing. We need to save this money. What happened with the Browns this week? Baltimore they, looked like the team, and the Browns somehow pulled off a win, win there. Comeback win. A big comeback win. Yeah. I think it was 31-17 or something like that, 31-14, and the, the, then they came back and won, the Browns came back and won the game. Baltimore played with well. the league the entire game. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for the the Ravens. Did they, like, what happened? Did they just kind of pack it in at the second half? What happened? It was 17-3 uh, after the first quarter. Just a few costly turnovers. 17-3 after the first quarter. It was like a, a tipped throw that got intercepted pick six to take the lead for... um. Was it tie tie the game or take the lead at the near the end for uh, I think to tie the game at the end. It was to tie the game yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah, to tie the game. Uh, uh, no, I, there was another bad play earlier, a bad interception was... by uh, Jackson. You know he, he has was... moments of brilliance, but he had a couple a couple errors which cost him a lot that game. That's because I said he was the MVP this year. I think that's why. No, week after he kind of not as good. He sucked the week after he. I didn't suck. He was not bad. The first half, he was not bad. He'll have a back, back bounce back game though. He plays who the Ravens play. It's a big game. It's Thursday night against the Bengals. That's Bengals. Huge. That yeah. you, you you've kind of tapped into one of my games of the week this week because we don't know which Bengals are going to show up. You never do. The Bengals this week did not look good. No, they lost right for a team that kind of got hot. Yeah, they lost the Texans. I mean, they managed to salvage like a decent scoreline at the end, but they were never in that game. It was thirty to twenty-seven. They were up seven. Then Texans went up ten to seven. Then I think they went up twenty to seven. And then uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, it was close the whole game, but the the Texans held on. Yeah. And then they won it with a field goal at the end. One of six games this week, I think, that were won on a, a last second field goal. Lions as well. Who's the other one? There was uh, Cardinals. Kyler Murray's back. I like Kyler. Yeah. Murray. Hey, he didn't play bad. He didn't like play too bad. He had a good, good I game. I like the little guys. I'll we love now, the little guys. I'm not a uh, I'm not a video games guy, but uh, is there not a new uh, Call of Duty coming out? I or think just one, came out. I think one just came out. Yeah. He said. Yeah, apparently, now, they're there the saying statistic? that. I know. I know where you're going with this. Can I'll let you go with it? Well, no. I, I again, I've never fact checked this conspiracy, but. The statistic that his play drops every weekend where a new Call of Duty comes out. But this so, week he did good. 
Well, it came out like... So he, did he break the curse? Two months ago. It came out two months ago. So he maybe he took an extra couple oh. weeks off his injury to make sure that he got all his Call of Duty out. I see. Okay, I thought it came out a lot closer to... No, I think I saw I think I saw commercials for it um a while ago. Okay. So, but hey, your conspiracy could be that he took two extra weeks off to make sure he was able to get his game status up there. Cause they've said that he's been around the locker room more, he's been watching more video, more um tape and all that stuff. So who knows? He could probably be the starter next year because I don't know if you want Caleb Williams on your team anymore. Is he still gonna be the first overall draft pick? That guy seems like a really shitty person. Yeah, fill me in on this. I don't know exactly the story. He lost a game and went, you know, crying to hug his mom, and now everybody hates him. Or is there more to this? I I don't like him because of everything that happened before that, where he says, "I need, I I'm not going to go to the team that is first overall because they're going to suck. I don't want to play on a team that sucks." Like that's stupid because you are the best player, so you should be able to get them out of that suck. And then his dad said that. Um, I believe it was dad that was like he deserves not just a salary when he enters the NFL, but he wants a percentage of ownership. Yeah, ownership, yeah. which is insane. That's not it's just not gonna happen. Um like he'll if he demands that he will never play a game in the NFL. If he comes in with his salary, he's like, I, gonna I mean, give. no one's gonna give him that. And then now he's losing he's, games. He's not even the best rated quarterback coming out of college, you know, in the last X number of years. Yeah, you know. So, you know, better players who are potentially better than you coming out didn't get that. Why are you going to get it? Players that are in the league do, redoing their contracts, like Patrick Mahomes isn't going to get that. Like, no. it's just not going to happen. Who's like um, Joe Burrow, who just did his contract, didn't get that. Justin Herbert, who just yeah. did his contract, didn't get that. They're all better than Caleb Williams. Now, now did he did he say that pr- just prior to that loss? No, he said it a while ago. But then they started oh. losing. That's the thing is they were when they were yeah. winning, he was saying this stuff. And I was like, oh, he's winning and he's saying this stuff. It's very annoying. But now they're got losing. Humbled real quick. They got now they're losing. And yeah. And he's literally crying in his mom's arms on live television, national television. Yeah. It's a bad that look. Was, I mean, that, that wasn't a bowl game. You know, like, no, I was just saying you cry game. after a bowl game, just a regular, regular game or a championship. Years. Yep. Yeah. It, I think your, your emotional high is too much. For that, like, I don't have a problem with players crying after a big loss. That's fine, you know. Like you're, you're upset. You've devoted so much into it. Yeah. But I think it's that not that time in the season to do so because there's more games to play. You have to just suck it up and get better. You know. Yeah, I agree. Maybe that's his way of releasing. I don't know. I can't speak for the guy, but I just think that you know, like, it's not the end of the season. There's still more to play for. Save the tears for the end of the season. I would even argue that if they were undefeated and they're like they were able to make the national playoffs, and then they lose this game, which is like just three games left in the year, all they have to do is win out those games, and they're in the the number one seed. They're going to the playoffs. You lose that game, I can see you breaking down a little bit. Like we we worked so hard, we blah blah blah. But to they've already lost like two or three games. Yeah. So to just lose another one is like oh my god. Like yeah. at some point you the have thing to is be also, on field product and not talking off the field as much as you are. You know how players shit talk on the field yep. and they can get pretty harsh, right? Yep. Just oh, how yeah. much he's going to get shit talked about. Go cry to your mama. Like, Oh my God. Those won't stop. 
No, he's probably going to get a few of it in practice from his teammates when he gets in the NFL too. And he misses four or five, uh, four or five um, passes in practice. And like Stefan Diggs gets upset and just goes, Hey man, you're going to throw us the ball where we can catch it. Or should I go get your mom over there to talk to you? Like it's going to, yeah, I agree. Cause the look of that was like all over the news, like ESPN and stuff. It was all, it was everywhere. You couldn't miss it. Realistic though. It's, it's not the worst thing to go hug your mom after a game. There's no, nothing wrong normal. with that. You know what I mean? Like, to, to be fair, but she's like, what he, he did, did like a Lambo the leap. most egregious thing. But he did like a Lambo leap. So, like, his mom is literally like cradling him while holding him as he like cries in her arms. It's, you're right. It's not egregious. It shouldn't, like, it shouldn't be that frowned upon. It's just that you can't be the guy that asks for a percentage of an NFL team when you get drafted oh, get to be not a, like, I refuse to go to this team. And then six weeks later, be seen crying in the arms of your mom. Like it doesn't, you can't be both. Pick the guy you want to be. It It is a professional sports is a league about image, right? Image 100%. goes a long way at the professional level like that. And it's, yeah, it isn't the best look for the situation. No. And, but if you're winning, you can get away with that. If you're winning, like, oh, he's crying and like, what an awesome guy. He goes out there, he wins games and then he celebrates with his mom and then like hold each other and cry. That's a different storyline than like, this guy's lost three games in a row. And he's crying in his mom's arm now. Mom's arms now. No. It's it's not, you're right. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Mac Jones should probably be crying in his mom's arms because I think he's probably never going to start a game for any team in the NFL again, right? He's your boy, man. You've been big on this guy since the beginning. I've never been a fan. And I, I wonder if he's going to start. Who else this... are they going to play, though? Bailey Who's Zappi. the backup? Bailey Zappi. Zappi still there? I thought they I cut everybody. There. They did. They did. But then they were like, well, maybe we made They brought him back. They realized yeah. you need somebody else. Got to have somebody. Um, I still think that, like, listen, this is the guy's, his first season, his offensive coordinator was Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels went to coach the Raiders. So then his next season, he had a brand new offensive coordinator in Matt Patricia, who's not an offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. He's a defensive He's not even a defensive coordinator. Yeah. He's so, so. Just a bad coach. A bad coach. So that's his second year. His third year is another brand new offensive coordinator. Um, he's got no offensive line. Doesn't have any receivers to throw to. Like him and Kendrick Bourne were starting to to come up with something. That's not there anymore. He's got no running backs. Like the guy just is in a bad situation. Yeah, the I Patriot think. way ain't working. The Patriot way ain't working. Oh, this the is, league's moved on. It has. So Bill Belichick in or out after this after this season. I don't think he'll get fired uh, during the regular season. I think there's too much respect between him and Bob Kraft that they won't part ways. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like that there, it can be respectful, but at the end of the day, you know, Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick was Robert Kraft, he'd already be gone. Yeah. If you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Respect yeah. doesn't mean anything if it's not working. You know what I mean? Right, you can but respectfully never, let somebody go. They're not like they're trying to save their season. So you might as well let him coach out his last days and then maybe yeah, he retires. I, I think it's one of those, but I could see I'm jumping on board with uh, your your former um, favorite uh, QB for the Lions, Dan Orlovsky there. He had a take I saw where he was, he got some inside tips and who knows how these inside tips ever fucking mean anything. But he was saying this season, we will see mutually parting ways. And I could get on board with that. Just that decision to, you know, like both save face and mutually part ways. I could see that happening more than being fired. 
Now, and it's the same thing. It's just the way they I, yeah. word it, right? I think there'll be mutual parting ways. I just don't think it'll happen. Until you think it'll the be the day, end of the season? Yeah. The day after the season ends. No, I, I think that's more likely. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised to see it any day now because nothing's working. No, nothing is working. And it's and not good football to watch. No, they're bad. Like he, he, Mac Jones was throwing up ducks, like just easy balls for defensemen to pick off. Now, Wait, why do they call them ducks? Ducks can fly. <laughs> they're lame ducks, I think is what they're actually called. No, I, get lame it, I get ducks. it. I get it. I actually don't I know why they call them lame ducks, though. Lame ducks a way to say like slow birds. Sure. Um, anyway. Anyway. Okay. So, but there's also rumors that Bill Pelichick is already discussing behind closed doors illegally um, that he's going to go to the San Diego, San Diego, former San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers, and replace the head coach there, who we both think is done. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, he is. He's one bad game. He's. Uh, I think they're they're under five hundred. They had a good game against the Lions. Uh, offense was unstoppable against the Lions. Can I can I bring a touch up a point on that? Yeah. You know my favorite segment is the um, game of the week. That's kind of my thing. I get to pick the game of the week. That was my pick for the game of the week. Good you team. had a counterpoint game of the week. Yeah, but you had a counterpoint game of the week. What was that? You had the Jaguars. 49ers. Yeah. Not how did so that game good. go? Not so good game of the week. Jaguars, no. I think the 49ers defense is back. Like Chase I think you Young stay in your lane and Bosa. Leave the games of the week to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not fun. Well, what happened there? I the defense for the 49ers is just that good. And I think the Jaguars just didn't know what they were doing. Just got out there. No, there were specific, early. there were specifically a mic'd up. Footage yeah, I saw that of them saying we don't. They don't know what they're doing. He's like, nah, we don't. <laughs> yeah, so I want to know who said we did, like. The, you don't see the video of the guy saying it, but you have the audio of the defenseman, yeah. the defensive defensive players for the foreign ers being like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And then one player goes, yeah, no, we don't know what we're doing. That was funny. I I thought that was. I love those NFL clips. When What's reality, man? Like you, got, what what they finish with a field goal? I I don't know. It was thirty-seven to three. I think was the score. Yeah, they finished with a field goal. That's it. Yeah, they'll bounce back. So, the Jaguars will bounce back. We, I think they believe, will bounce back. We believe in the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, I think they'll bounce back. But my guy Brock Purdy, that was a bounce back game for him too, no? I don't like Brock Purdy. I still don't like Brock Purdy. Sure, bounce back game it. for him. His whole He got all his team back, both like Debo, CMC, um, all those guys back. But... I still don't think you win in the playoffs with Brock Purdy. Fair enough, but or the Super is, Bowl. is CMC done? You think he should just fucking retire? Couldn't Why? go eighteen games. Couldn't oh, go yeah. eighteen games straight with a touchdown. Is that time to call it quits? I love that he came draws like, the line. Yeah, seventeen. I'm the only one that didn't score a touchdown. I suck. <laughs> I did like how you know, and again, this is just because the situation they went with the score, but how the whole team was trying to get him a touchdown. Yeah, at the very end. It was all backups. I like that. Playing against the Jaguars. I like That's that. the only thing I think I heard on one of the other podcasts. The only thing that the Jaguars did successfully was came together as a team to make sure that CMC didn't score a touchdown at the very end of the game there. Hey, but you know what? Uh, that's what you have to do to keep your team going. You Once you know you're losing the game, set a moral victory and achieve that so you can still fight for something and have some sort of reason to keep playing. 
because the motivation when you're just getting thumped, the motivation to keep playing just kind of goes and, you know, it's easy to just kind of, okay, well, it's just ride out the clock and get the hell out of here. Yeah. That's, and yeah, but especially just play this little spoiler it. for something, at least gives you a little motivation for the next, as much as too. I would have liked to see CMC get it, you know, if you get the record, you get the record. If you don't, you don't, you know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. And in the end, end all be all the record doesn't matter for anything anyway. So, um, Speaking of things that don't matter anymore, is Josh Dobbs the comeback player of the year? I don't know, I don't know because... if this trophy matters anymore. Yeah. I, I, I feel like DeMar Hamlin is still going to be in this conversation just for what happened. Sure, but he's played two downs maybe this whole year. He almost sacked uh, Russell Wilson on that last... Uh... Last uh, pass interference throw. I think that was his. I think those were his only two plays this year. He had yeah. a tackle, and then he almost. He's never been a big name guy. Like you know, he's not. He's not the best in his position on that team, even right. No, he's like fifth or sixth. Like he he wasn't an every down guy before. He was very no. much a package player. So, but I the only reason why I could see it him is because the storyline and you know the the support and everything that went on with his. Um, it's a very easy PR. Year. It's very easy PR yeah. for the NFL to be like, this is the comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin. And they bring him out on the stage with the, the crew um, that saved his life, like the healthcare people that were there. Yeah. That revived who, who got an MV, Who got an MVP vote last year? Yeah. So like those, th- that's a very easy PR move for them. But that's why I was like, does this matter anymore? It's because it had like, what was it's Josh Dobbs story? Is the same. What the was Josh Dobbs' situation last year? He was just a backup on uh, Back, the Browns. He is literally Geno Smith again. Well, I get it. Well, not really because he's never had that starting role, has he? He's had it all this year. Oh, no, but before that, prior to this year, Geno Smith was the starter that got bumped down and kind of lost in the system. Josh yeah. Dobbs, I don't think he's ever been a starter, has he? Uh, he's never had reins of a team. He's no. just filled in for guys like he's been in uh, Jacksonville. He's been in Cleveland. He's, you know, I can't remember yeah. what other teams he's been on, but the backup QBs for Jacksonville that year were pretty amazing. Gardner Minshew. Were Josh they though? Dobbs, were they that amazing? Well, where they are now. And then Nick Foles, Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner. Uh, Josh Super Dobbs now comeback player of the year. And then Gardner Minshew starting for the Colts. Yeah, starting as a backup though. What do you mean starting as a backup? He's starting. He's Isn't... starting because the starter got injured. Yeah, he's now the starter. Yeah. For the rest of the year. He's now starting for the rest of the year for the Colts. He could bring the Colts to the playoffs. Nick Foles, you could say the same thing about that if you're going to make that statement. Because he didn't no, start. Nick that Foles game had one good half season. One the best, the best half season I can think of in NFL history. Well, maybe not, because Brady came in the same way and played more than half the season and won the Super Bowl. I thought he played less. It was week two that Bledsoe went down and Tom Brady took over and never relinquished the reins to any team he held. Then yeah, that's right. Then Bledsoe went to the Bills, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't really do much after that. He got his ring from that season and uh kind of went into obscurity after that. Ah, he started for the Bills, I think, after that. I didn't go obscurity. They didn't go anywhere though, did they? Were they a playoff team? No, Bills stink. Bills Bills will never go anywhere ever. They're cursed. They're cursed they went to, to four Super in a row once. They lost every single one of them. Did you ever they see lost. that 30 for 30? I haven't actually, but my uh my brother was a one. big Bills fan. 
big Bills fan, so he's probably seen it a bunch of times with crying. Probably like he's just probably like seen it four times. Bit. Yeah, he's probably seen it four times. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now do you want to get into our uh, our games of the week coming up? Let's get into the games of the week. Okay, so we did mention one. I think this could be a very good game since that division, the AFC North, is pretty tight. Every team, I think, in a playoff spot as of today. Yeah, maybe um, that is correct. Bengals and Ravens. I think that could be our game of the week. Both pretty evenly matched if we know which Bengals are showing up. And that's tonight when everyone's listening to this. That's tonight's game. That's the Thursday game. Yeah. Ravens favorite. If that one doesn't go great, I do have a a backup game of the week. Okay, go. Because it's I I think Super Bowl rematch. Yes. It's the Super Bowl rematch. We got the Chiefs coming off a bye week, I believe against the uh, the Eagles, which are still sitting, I think, best record in the NFL as of today. I I agree. I think that yeah. the Eagles-Chiefs should have been your by far and away game of the week. Your good team well, game of the week. Yes. Now, the only reason why I say that is Kansas City as of late hasn't played as well. They don't have receivers doing anything where the Eagles are still firing. Eagles are still, a, you know... There's still the two best teams in the league, though. Like, just, yeah. Like, uh, as of the records, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, not to say they're a bad team, I think Kansas City's um, record doesn't reflect how good they are. They are a great team. They are Super Bowl favorites. But they don't play amazingly. They've been able to squeak out wins out of games. But it's like two players on offense doing much, you know? It's all it is. It's just two players on offense. They got to figure and that out. Travis Kelsey isn't having his best season. He's not playing bad, but. It's all that Taylor Swift talk. Like, no one even talks about Travis Kelsey anymore. It's annoying. Even Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Yeah. It's, it's, I hate, I, I don't even like the Chiefs anymore. Before I was like, oh yeah, Kelsey's awesome. I don't even like him anymore. Whereas the Eagles, everyone seems to be playing great. Except I'd say Jalen Hurts isn't playing as well. But you know, neither is Patrick Mahomes. He's not yeah, playing AJ as great Brown. As he... AJ Brown is killing it. Oh yeah, AJ Brown's on fire. But the um, defense, the defense on the Eagles is good. That's great. I think that so yeah. we're sandwiched between two really good games. Thursday night game, awesome. It should be on paper amazing. These games on Thursday night end up being stinkers for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, I don't really think we've had a good one until the like the beginning of the year when it was Lions um, Chiefs. Um, but Bengals Ravens Thursday night. And then we got Eagles Kansas city. That's the Monday night game. And then the weekends all kind of like good teams, like against okay teams. Like there's no, like what is your bad game of the week is what I'm trying to segue into here. Bad team game. Uh, of the week. There's a lot. <laughs> Do you think so? Uh, I don't know if that's true though. Well, not bad team game of the week, but you got um, what is it? The Raiders and uh, sorry, you got uh, the Raiders versus the Dolphins. Dolphins are a good team, right? Then oh, you yeah, got the Bills uh... versus Jets, but the Bills. No, I see what you're saying. It's a lot of lopsided. Yeah, like Bills and Jets are technically middle of the pack, still in the playoff run, so I can't really call them bad teams. You can call them currently poorly playing teams. Yeah, no, there's no real like bad. There's no there's no toilet bowl game this week. I can tell you a game which I think might not be too exciting, or it'll be a complete spectacle. Is Minnesota Denver? After seeing Denver this past week, who knows what to expect? Minnesota seems to be getting it together somehow. Uh, what I want to ask you though is, 
how many games each weekend are actually good, exciting, fun to watch football games from a neutral observer? So I saw some guy on the internet, he was making a point of this, that he said yeah, more than on- half of them aren't actually good games to watch. Yeah. And without actually consciously recording how many of them are exciting, fun games to watch, I kind of got what he was saying. A lot of them are just kind of like, blah. Well, basically what he was saying, I saw the same clip, was that if we all weren't obsessed with football, the product that's on the field is not good. And we would stop watching. Like how many times have you watched a television show where you're like, this is a terrible TV show. I'm going to stop watching in like the third season. That's just not going to happen with football. Yeah. It's because you're not really. So there's say there's what 13 games a weekend, let's say 10 to 13 with the bye weeks and all that stuff happening. Um, And I think is most there's 16 at most. And let's say maybe just under half four, of them, four are, of them good. are good yeah like <laughs> and you'll get sometimes you'll get a good game score wise and you'll tune in you'll be like oh i didn't realize that there's four minutes left in this game after like after i watched the lions games i turn the tv over i'm like oh there's four minutes left in this let's say jets bills game or jets giants game where like i would never watch it but it's 21 21 and there's four minutes left it's like okay well that probably was a very bad football game to watch but the last four minutes are going to be exciting for me because I didn't watch the stinker that was the however many minutes it was before that. Right. I got a point of order, though. Uh, with your three TV setup, when the lines are playing, are they on all the TVs? Or do you have just audio on one TV for the lines and then the other games muted? So I usually what I happen is the main TV, the one that's uh, the lower right in front of me TV, that's Lions with sound. The color, the color corrected TV. Color corrected TV, Lions with sound. The TV above that is probably the whatever game of the week is happening. Like, uh, what's yeah. what's the one you said this week? So it'd be, let's say, Bengals-Ravens, if it was on Sunday, during the same time the Lions yeah. were playing. And then the third TV would be the TV I switch back and forth for. If I see somebody in the red zone, right. boom, I go over there. Um, so you just have manual red zone. Yeah, because red zone was free last year, but now you had to pay for it. Last year, it would have been red zone. But I'm not going to pay $9, an extra $9 a month for red zone when I'm basically, I just want to follow my fantasy team on that team on that TV. See if, if I got a guy in the red zone, like Eckler in the red zone or Keenan Allen on the same team, then I'll be like, okay, I gotta watch this chargers game because that's where most of my fantasy points are going to come from. You watch your fantasy. I'm the opposite. I don't want to see what my fantasy guys are doing because I just get frustrated. So I just check at the end, unless I'm watching that specific game and I just, you know, see it, but I want to go. No, I can't. I can't. I I want to get too upset. Yeah, well, that's what football is. It's just getting upset about things. Yeah. It's all the sport. That's, is. What, life, that's, that's <laughs> what life as a man is. <laughs> um, okay, your three picks this week. Your locks, as we used to call them. You know what, man? They're not locks, though. But yeah, I took I took relatively easy ones because I blew it last week. I did terrible in the picks, so I went a little easier. I got the Lions over the Bears, which okay. I'm sure you it's could jump on spread. board with. Lions are supposed to win by nine points, according to this. The um, yeah. I got the I Jags guess. over the Titans to come back and right the wrong of last week. Okay, Jags are up uh, ahead. Are supposed to win by seven at home. And then I got a divisional one. I got the Seahawks over the Rams. Okay, that's a tight game because the Seahawks are are that is only, a tight game. Yeah, it's in Los Angeles. I think Stafford's going yeah. to play. He didn't play last week, which is a oh. they lost. Stafford's going to play this week. Yeah, he's done by season, one no? point. I think so. Yeah, I think he's done. He's got like five yeah. kids now. He's the guy got smashed up his entire career. 
Yeah. How much more, just how much longer can his body stay together? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's like a will to want to play. I just think he's got to be so injured. And well, he used he's got to be play really through. sore every week. Eh? He used to play through these injuries and now he's not, which is a telling sign in terms of like, I listen, I, I just can't do it anymore. I, I got to go. It's also a telling sign of like, he got his Super Bowl ring and he doesn't have anything left to prove. He basically yeah. shut up all his critics that like, I was good. I just didn't have a good system. But yeah. put me in a good system. I was good enough to win a Super Bowl, and he did. Yeah. And you know the the criticism against him. There was only one real storyline criticism against him. This guy will never do anything in the playoffs. He'll never get a playoff win. Yeah. And then he got all the playoffs wins, and that kind of was in, the big criticism against him. He's been in three playoffs. He's won the Super Bowl one. He's one for three of those. That's a good well, record. It's a great record. I'd take anyone would take that. Anybody. Okay. Anybody except picks. Tom Brady. Yeah, your picks are Lions, Jags, Seahawks. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers, who are three-point favorites over the Bears in Chicago. I'm going to go with the Texans. How are, how are the Chargers playing the Bears, but the Lions are playing the Bears? Shit. I took the Lions over the Bears. So explain me that one. Sorry, Bears Pack, I'm in Packers. Packers, 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 Packers. Good call out. I know, you know what sucks about you is that you saw that here written down. Like maybe thirty minutes ago, and you couldn't have said that when we weren't on air. That's the well, well done. Congratulations, congratulations. Maybe look like an asshole. Um, okay, I got the Chargers to that are three point favorites to win over the Packers in Green Bay. I got the Texans to beat the Cardinals. Now I have now I'm doubled. Yeah, okay. Texans to beat the Cardinals in Houston. Uh, Texans are five point favorites. Then I got the Vikings to beat the Broncos. This is an upset because Broncos are two and a half point favorites in Denver. That is the Sunday night game, which used to be a stinker if you looked at it. Like if we were to look at this game two weeks ago, we'd be like, nobody was going to want to watch these Vikings play the Broncos on Sunday night. Now they're both kind of interesting. Like this is, goes back to that same thing we talked about with the Bills and and uh, um, Denver that were like it was a bad game, but it was like fun to watch. Right? This this could very much be the same thing. Josh Dobbs. I- and the Vikings versus the Broncos that seem to be turning it around a little bit. If Buffalo won that game, I bet you that the Vikings would be the favorite. I agree. So yeah. it should be a good game. It should be at least a close game. For sure. I could see the Vikings winning that. I'd actually, i jump on board the Vikings. I'm riding the Vikings. And I never liked the Vikings. I like the Vikings more now because I, like I like the Josh Dobbs thing. Yeah. More than I've ever liked the Vikings. Yeah. I, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins suck. They're the worst team. To well, I mean, root even for. like there's there was a time where they were like one of the most exciting teams in the league with Randy Moss. Yeah. Well, even with Justin Jefferson, like now. Yeah, but I mean, he's just he's hasn't been there this year. So. Yeah, with Moss and Culpepper back in the day, they were they were like very explosive on offense. Well, yeah, just I mean that was an exciting balls. team to watch. Yeah, Randy Moss was a human highlight real guy. Like he oh, best. He's one of one. Yeah. Yeah. I. I you know what. I, I always say, I think um, Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all time, but the most pure, talented, natural talent wide receiver was Randy Moss. Just nobody worked harder than Jerry Rice to be the best. Uh, see, I, I'm i going to say there's three the three best wide receivers of all time. Calvin Johnson is number one. And then R- Randy Moss and Jerry Rice would be two or three, no particular order. But all three of them are completely different style of players. You put Calvin Johnson ahead, eh? Yeah, because I think he was like the best route runner of all time is Jerry Rice. The best athletic wide receiver of all time is Randy Moss. I think both of them together is what Calvin Johnson was. Yeah. I just feel you have to give it to Jerry Rice for the accolades and accomplishments. 
Well, I was at the game where the, the, you know the, how the long he played. No one cares about how long you play for. You shouldn't get an award for that. Well, no, I'm just saying to be able to play at that level for that long itself is an accomplishment. It's not like he just hung around. I know he did hang around for like the Seahawks, and I think he had like a practice squad thing with the uh, the Broncos. But he was a top level talent for a long time. Yeah, no, he was. Everyone thought he yeah. was done when he went to the Raiders. He kept turning up games there. Oh, so sad when he lost that Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Randy Moss stuck around for a long time too, so he can also be in there. Calvin Johnson's yeah. body was just like. He was done. He was just getting beat up in Detroit. So best of all time in my eyes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you uh, at the end of week 11 uh, next Thursday, which will be Thanksgiving. Um, Looking forward to that as always. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.